nice things about this show and the format we do with like having the music on the call and talking over the music breaks are good it's actually we talk too much and i wish we it's fine like the conversation is flowing but like part of me wishes we talked less and had more i like the back and forth and i like when there's no talking for 30 seconds or 60 seconds and the music can just come forward for sure yep um so it's if you just need to hit mute and jump up and take care of something just do it that's totally fine um and not it could be actually be a good thing for the show i'm not encouraging like i'm not encouraging right. an emergency but right yeah is there anything you want to talk about in particular in terms of your own i mean i have at least one open-ended question i want to ask you sure well that's great i mean I, yeah i have no agenda um i'm sort of enjoying not having one so sure <laughs> yeah we'll go with that then yep that's completely cool. Yep. Anyways, like I finally got my like main listening battle station set up just oh, this sweet. afternoon. Um, I mean, I had my vinyl hooked up and I had my CD player hooked up, but like my actual computer has not been set up. And I mean, it's it's just a Mac Mini, but its main focus is internet and finding new music and playing yeah, new yeah. music. So that's rad okay now i understand um yes i'm so glad that fight songs sounds good on your death star <laughs> yes because that was yeah i really cared about that sounding right and vintage and good loud and dynamic and and all that stuff so and it, it's weird because i didn't really like it's like pieced together over time. Like I got the receiver from my dad. I got the speakers from my dad. And then the only thing I bought was like one set of speakers at one point in time. But it's pretty, it's a pretty good system. I just bought some fancy speaker wire, but it was like, I needed a new, I needed a new room for these to come together. So yeah, pretty pumped about it. I, I'm going to find an intro somewhere in there, but uh, Scott, are you doing any, um, are you getting into any immersive audio type stuff with the multi-speaker setups and the new format? Well, I mean, that's the hope. Um, now that I can find new stuff. Have space for it. Easily. Yep. So. Pardon me. Sweet. Uh, listeners, welcome to the Long Play Listening Party. I'm Howie Howard, uh, joined by co-host Nate Holt and uh, special guest Scott Morris. We're listening to the back half of my Night Mode project, Selections from Continuing Worlds. Um, I'm going to get a track started here right now. Here we go. Nate, this is the one that was sequenced off the Micron. Um, and I used the sequencer on the Micron specifically because it has a, a really cool... Um, feature that lets you delete pieces of the sequence in real time so like you can do almost a kind of disintegration loop decay pulling notes out without changing the timing um, and that's what I made use of on this um, but we don't yeah I can we can talk about it or not or we can go back to I, I, Scott's Death Star 
I was <laughs> muted. I I I I, I want to say maybe the hydrogen synth, maybe the micro freak might do the same thing. Oh, the sequencers on those? Yeah, I'll have to read up on on both of those. Awesome. I, I, I'm thinking it's probably the micro freak that does that because it's it's a really I mean it's for the cost it's got you know nine different types of synthesis vocoder that sounds really good and and then and and it doesn't have the you know traditional keyboard it has that sort of uh it's like kind of touch sensitive yeah uh, the touch i can't plate forget thing. what it's called yeah the touch plate yeah yeah it's really neat yeah i'm on the lookout for one of those um, and they just released a big update, and I haven't like watched the videos about the update. But there's like two new models even added, and um, big software update for the Micro Freak. Yeah, I, I, you know, some some stuff out there really is offers you a lot of a lot of stuff for a very very good price. Still, I mean, every, everything's more expensive, but I mean, if you look at I don't know. I, I just I I thought it was amazing that uh, how much stuff it did for just being like basically an entry level, you know, price point. Yeah. High entry level, but you know it's. No, but I mean, uh, super affordable for what it does. Yeah. 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 yeah I'm gonna one one of these days. There will be the right price on one, and I will. I think I'll get one. And I think it would be so useful for the sample-based yeah. stuff too, for just making little sounds. And I mean, that's kind of how I use the Medusa, but all the diff- Medusa is still fairly traditional at heart, and all the different sonic possibilities of the Micro Freak seem really cool. I mean, and I I I, I saved the patch. I'm pretty sure, but there's something I I'm not I'm missing. So I had I. You know, released a song called um, uh, "Offline," and it and it's basically a vocoded. I'm singing, but there's some just like because it was sequenced, and then there are some you know just tweaks to the sequence, like some of the the melody and stuff, which is it, just, it was so awesome. And uh, I think I'm almost I'm almost there, um, but yeah, it's it's. it's it's one of those things like we were talking earlier if you you know you said you just recorded you know your best take you know straight through which is kind of how i record a lot of stuff but like i can record the micro freak for you know however long and find like you know these little samples that sound like they're you know don't sound like they're samples Mm -hmm. um or just these you know two or four bar little phrases and use them as samples, but it, it, it sounds just like you're, it's an intentional part. It's just really cool how the, uh, the sound sort of evolves and, and you can get a lot of different flavors and just out of one, one take. Absolutely, and I so now I have questions for both of you guys. But I'm going to start with Nate since um, we're kind of on the topic. So Nate, I, 
Talk to me about vocoders. You've used vocoders in your live sets and obviously on your recordings. And like, what do you have favorites? Do you use a bunch of different ones or do you have a go to or like, how do you vocode, Nate? <laughs> you personally, uh, I mean. So on the live stuff, that was, I think. Or I think that was a, like a vocal synth, um, and I just had, you know, the the stuff that hides all the ugly things, like some reverb delay, you know, stuff like that. Uh, the vocoder stuff that I've done on the records has usually been like I use the Micro Freak a lot, and but before then, I think. Yeah, it was a, uh, and I still have it. It's a plugin. Um, okay. I think it's, you know, emulator to based off like that. Is it a, a 330, one of the Roland, old school Rolands? I don't know. Um, I don't know, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll look it up. It's, but it's, uh, I'm going to have to look it up because it's going to drive me nuts. But that's, that's what I had used before. Um, and it, it was great. I mean, it, it, it took a minute to figure out how to kind of route it uh, in the DAW. But yeah. Once you figured that out, like it sounded really good. So that's those. That's what I've been using like, that I can recall is the Micro Freak uh, recently, you know, as of late, and then um, before that, uh, I want to say VP three thirty. I know it's not that. I'm gonna search for it here in just a second okay cool yeah i mean i have not done much vocoding um i did do a little bit on uh so i've been working on a record with daniel from uh lovecraft and hypermortal and softcore syndicate and uh i did do a vocoded thing as like the main hook for one of those songs and i i kind of struggled to find one that i thought sounded good i ended up using one that was built into reaper okay after tr trying a couple others and it, you know it did the job um but i didn't love the sound of it so uh, i'm definitely open to vocoder rex um scott do you want to comment on vocoders or should i ask you my other question <laughs> well I mean, there's always the MS-2000 or the uh, microcord. <laughs> what did I, I... We used an ovation when I did a, like, silly thing in a band concert. <laughs> Where I had, like, the biggest kid football boy, like, do the thing. And, like, I had another kid play the piano line so he sounded like a chipmunk but it was a very big person so gotcha that, that was the uh, last time like we, uh yeah it's like this little you know th I, think, I think it was no novation is i think it was no that i think it's, it has uh, like a purple color up top yeah i mean it, it very much looks like a micro cord but it was just what the music's good. Yeah, Ultra Nova 37 key analog synth. Yeah. 
So I, I, my, uh, I've exhausted my vocoder experience right there. But I did want to kind of what's uh, encourage you or like say, hey, I, I, I like what you're saying about the samples, you know, kind of providing source material. Um, it reminded me of a process that one of my professors at the University of Iowa, who like amazing musician and like human did some collaborations with um, a saxophonist in Brazil and he would get improvisations from him and then like extract lines and then build compositions based on those like passages um, so the, the the compositions were very improv you know, feeling, but they had like harmonies that like went along to that, that to make it really a sort of um, dynamic and erratic and super interesting to listen to. So you're using the same process that, you know, the fancy jazz professors are. So <laughs> it just reminded me of that very soon. Ah, yes. Yeah. Okay, it is the uh, Zills vocoder. Uh, X-I-L-S vocoder. Uh, there's probably a... I don't know if this one that I'm looking at is... I'm sure it's a newer version, but Zills. It's X-I-L-S. Hmm. And then there's a free... I think the Melda suite of plugins is free, and they include a, a vocoder. So that's another one to... to uh, put on the list. Collaborating with uh, Brazilian Scott reminds me that uh, I have on my list to sample and and flip and make a song out of uh, Marcelo's track "Vo Izzy." Yes, um, he and, wrote that song for his grandmother. We'll get permission, like, of course, yeah. or anything. But um, I really thought I could put a beat behind that and make that into something cool in a, in a sampling kind of way. So that's yeah. on the list. I got to go find the CD. I'm, sorry, I'm gonna have to do some crate digging in my own basement. I've got several well, if CDs. If you can't find I one, I, find. I can probably help you out. Oh, do you have a few? Yeah, I don't have very many, but I do have a couple. Got a couple. Uh, listeners, I guess I should explain. This is a, a jazz group that Scott played with. Um, I don't know, Scott, do you want to say any more? I'll look up. If I can link to it, I will um, put it in the notes because it's a really cool Latin jazz. Yeah, I mean, interesting it's composition. Kind of a, a, combo, a combo that we put together in grad school at University of Iowa. And it was a cool group because I mean it was a lot of Midwest boys playing music of a of a peer from Brazil who was working on his composition degree in jazz piano um, who has since went to the University of Illinois and finished his doctorate there so um, and Marcelo is a pianist in that group right yes yep so yeah and we had a a lot of fun playing gigs we actually did a radio show um where we played a gig 
at the mill in Iowa City and like played live on the radio. So that was super fun. And other get other performances in Iowa City and nearby Chicago and stuff like that. Cool. Nate, if I can, I mean, if I can find it online or I could just send you the, I think it's something you would really dig. Yeah, please do. Have you guys, I've got, I'm going down this, uh, vocoder rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. If you find any gold, I mean, share it by all means. Well, like I said, man, I think Melda Productions, M-E-L-D-A, they have a, a free, suite of plugins and i believe it includes their vocoder look a vocoder and they're you know they're decent plugins they sound good i mean like yeah that's a that's a highly recommended like plugin suite i think yeah lots of stuff in it now i'm seeing arturia has a vocoder in their v collection 9 which i've been holding off and refusing to upgrade from my v collection so I'm convincing myself I don't need these, but now I'm looking and seeing like this vocoder, and I mean it's not. I've, I've got my special Arturia upgrade price, but it's still not like it's not like it's not cheap. Bucks. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, uh, I, I think. Yeah. Let's, trying to chase a bunch of stuff when you have things that you have not even given a chance is probably uh, probably not advisable just work with what you got with what you have figure it out and then if you think you need something more or something then go and look for it but right right you're just hearing me talk myself out of getting that upgrading to the V collection nine. <laughs> it's a yeah. it's a hard conversation but a good one it's a hard one to learn as a musician yes it is but once you learn the lesson it will save you a lot of money it, yes it, yes and you have to tell and you have that conversation many times after that so you do <laughs> uh, and and you know the thing is like for probably like a good two or three years i was fairly I, you know i wasn't i had no desire or no um you know like visiting sweetwater or somewhere like like i was just like i don't i don't need to do that i still don't really like <laughs> right you know like everything i have i just, i like i love to use uh there's still more way 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 more potential and sonic sonic you know sonic any whatever that can be done so yeah i use a, a variety of strategies i i wait a lot you know wait six months do you still want it that's a that's a piece of my puzzle i mean obviously i love gear i love plugins i love trying stuff I think to people with a lot of gear, I don't have a lot of gear. To people with not a lot of gear, I have a ton of gear. So it's like I'm kind of in a middle ground. But I, I, to me, the important thing is always like lack of gear should never be an obstacle or a barrier to music making, right? You can make great music with what you have, no matter what that is. 
at the now same time never really like, yeah totally the free stuff just, just there's an incredible amount available for free um and so I mean, missing the fact there's people making better music than i am on like an ipad or something you know what i mean sure like how many artists have we talked to and, and they work in garage band you know and have made these records that we've listened yeah. to and been like oh we have to get this person on the show they come on and they're like yeah i did it in garage band you know and that doesn't and caitlin's like caitlin condor's like oh, i just say it into my phone yeah completely <laughs> that's incredible so that there should never you can definitely make music with with whatever you have there is a pleasure in like exploring and trying new things and having tools available. There's, I mean, so that's cool too. It's it's sort of both, but like, I do I do see people get wrapped up in oh I need this before I can do X Y Z, and yeah, that's an in my mind that's where that's where it becomes a problem. Yeah, like you should be doing X Y Z to the best of your ability while you save up for whatever thing you you want and that kind of scott i found my way into like the question i've been wanting to ask you which is just like you know we i remember having a conversation with you in iowa city i think about you know lifelong music making and some specific that conversation was about some specific um curricula you were looking at or working with um and you know obviously that's something that we here at the show are very much in favor of and practice and i know um of course that's something you're still thinking about and putting into practice with your kids and everything but i don't know just open-ended talk to me about your current thoughts on lifelong music making and how you practice it yourself and how you try to teach your kids to practice it. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, so there's a lot there, I guess I'll just kind of like, so I did sort of like my thesis on this topic and while I was passionate about it and exploring it, I was really interested in kind of the way um, Great Britain was going around it. There's a person or a curriculum um, by Lucy Green called Musical Futures, and they're still kind of doing their thing um, in England where they're teaching kids more like concepts like, all right, we're going to talk about like today we're just going to we're going to do a basically a jam and we're just going to work on building so like they will practice different ways that they can build um during you know uh whether that's like with one chord or a different cycle of chords or whatever so that was sort of like the oh there's a different approach to than just based on performance based like concert concert thing um because while we do a very good job of uh, while we do a very good job of like achieving in our sort of American music education or really just anything like we achieve we practice for the game we practice for the concerts um, 
kind of circling back to another thing I was reading at the time, um, a, a cool book by a pastor called um, Infinite versus Finite Games. Um, so just like trying to give kids infinite things to do in their training and not just mm. finite things. Yeah. So that's what I'm, th- I'm talking to my kids a lot right now about. It's like we just finished a performance season now we are entering an off season and here's what musicians do like musicians listen and practice and perform those are the three things that we do we listen practice perform so we're not performing right now but we can still listen and practice and explore and like see music differently in the summer than we do the rest of the year um or go to a new event or try something new for fun out or click on a link that we normally wouldn't. So I'm trying to give them some like explorative assignments um, where they might through like reference links, like, okay, I found this musician who plays in this orchestra or symphony. And what would I do with them in the city or what what could I ask them about their city or where would I want to eat in that city that isn't a fast food chain or, you know, just like different things to make them think about the world and explore the world in a more way that, because that's our job is to expose them and give them directions. So that's kind of what I'm focusing on right now with kids as we enter an off season um, so that they have those infinite things that they can kind of talk about. So for me, it's weird because after I get done with, you know, a long week or a long school year or whatever it is, like I still end up running to music, but I can do that in a different setting with a gig or recording um, and not just like planning the next concert. So right, it's for me, it's kind of a change of setting um, or a rekindling or a connection in a different way that like fuels my fire to bring that back. So, well, I wish I could take a sabbatical as like a public school teacher. Um, you know, that's how I do like many sabbatical, many sabbatical shot in the arm is like exploring and bringing it back into what I'm doing. So it's not just the same old, same old. So, yeah, very open-ended sort of stream of consciousness combining like current practice to kind of philosophy of where I delved into it initially. I am finding, you know, a lot of the stuff that I wanted to do 10 years ago, like is hard to implement. Um. It's like it's an idea, but you know, when it when that meets reality, like we still have our structures and our settings and our systems and trying to make yeah. those things work function within our systems is where the art and the craft really lies. But you know, finding our way one bit at a time and hopefully, you know, t- steer a kid in the right direction here or there. So Yeah, and I love I love that you're doing it at all because I mean we had incredible teachers, incredible examples, but I don't, not once in school did, do I remember anyone really talking to me about 
making music outside of school, right? Or like making music after graduation, other than, you know, maybe going to college and being in one of the college bands or whatever. Right. You know, uh, we were, I mean, we got a lot of support from our teachers and our parents and stuff, but like no one, there was never a lesson on what to do. You know, there was never a, a type of exposure to kind of, give any kind of direction or just idea, just like create a jumping off point, right? Like here's, here's what you could do. Try, we're going to just going to try this today. And um, the goal is just to go through this experience and feel what it's like to try and add to a jam, you know? Right. And so I think it's really cool that that is something you're sprinkling in um, or, or maybe weaving in is a better metaphor i want to so we have we've arrived at the last uh song of selections from continuing worlds and i do want to pause a little bit and and let you guys hear just like i don't know 30 or 60 seconds of this song because this it's not the last track on the full like three hour thing but it could have been i I love this track. I don't remember making it, but as I've listened and sequenced this whole project, the opening track and this track are the real bookends to me. And so can, um, I, can I just like uh, add yeah, on yeah. to what you're talking about? How it's like, yeah, this, yeah. Um, you know, I didn't, yeah, I didn't have, I felt like I had to pick something that I didn't necessarily care for in order to have something to like go to college for. Whereas, you know, if it was like, if you like music, you know, this is how it, 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 I'm grateful for my education. I'm not, compl- you know, it's, it, 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 you know, you, you make your decisions and, and, and your life is what it is now. And, and, but, you know, I just wish that I had that, uh, some sort of, mo- you know, motivational spark to like, just kind of like take a step back and rethink what, you know, what I really wanted to do because the answer would have been music, you know, but I was like having, I was thinking I, I need to come up with something that, you know, makes sense to go to college for, and you know, all this. And if I had just had a, a I think a, just a brief, you know, moment, um, you know, not necessarily maybe decided to go second semester as my first semester, just to have that time to really figure out, that that's what anyway I, not to get into a long thing but i mean it's the teachers and the people that you have behind you when you're you know in school and 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 it's very important um you know to have that that uh encouragement behind you yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I can, Scott and I would agree with you a, a million percent. And like talking about our teachers, which includes Scott's dad, you know, that's like a whole, I mean, we could do a whole show on the incredible teachers, music teachers specifically that um, we were able to interact with and, and, you know, lucky, lucky to be in a classroom with, um, from 
from elementary school on up. Um, and just, I mean, just one tiny thing. I mean, and Scott, I don't know if you want to, but just the, just the example. So Scott's dad and um, one of our band teachers, Mr. Polensky, were in a polka band. <laughs> and I just remember, I don't, who knows where, but, you know, I, I remember seeing a little video of them on like public television playing the polka band you know and it was silly and goofy and we probably teased them and they had polka outfits and whatever and there were like bales of hay or maybe it was the country band that were they in a country band too yeah it was the country band i guess i'm thinking of um but just even that tiny little example right that here were these guys that you know we saw in class every day but they had this other life and they made music outside of the classroom I think was such a, I mean, obviously it's stuck in my mind all these years. I don't remember the song or anything, but I remember the visual of them sure. playing the country band on, on public television and um, how, you know, at some level, how, how cool that was, even, even as we joked about it, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it just in the, in a phrase, you know, more is caught than taught. So like you said, we picked up on those things, whether it was a piece of class or a curriculum or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my music, my high school music teacher was the one that convinced, you know, my parents to buy me this at the time, which was this 90s, you know, early 90s, $1,200 Roland U20. That, I mean, mm. it's like, you know, if he, you know, if, if, if he's, he really wants to do you know, music and stuff, you know, he needs uh, something that's going to, a tool that's going to do what he needs. I mean, and which was really, really, really super cool. But, um, yeah. Um, I, that's why, I mean, I, I, I absolutely admire what you're, you're doing, Scott, like, and then, you know, you're, uh, you know, kind of how you described how you approached, um, that, uh, it's really cool. I mean, I kind of want to be back in grade school and, <laughs> or high school or whatever. <laughs> You'd pick something up for sure. Yeah. We're free to join us anytime. <laughs> All right. Don't be, don't be surprised if I show up. Google maps. It's a yeah. valuable tool. <laughs> Sir. And other, and other navigation services. <laughs> fantastic well i'm excited to uh i'm excited to share this with you guys i know the quality won't be so great on the phone but listeners you get the best quality um i'll put in the good one for you but this is inheritance of parallels
this is just one tag, no overdubs. Yep. We're using a click. It's just the LFO on the amp. simple I mean there's nothing no piece of it is fancy or complex or anything but so you're just putting these chords together just improvising yeah just improvising just emotion just oh I like this this is kind of and it's kind of a I guess the structure very loosely is a something I like to do with fists where like it starts with two chords right it's just a suspension suspended third and it resolves and as the piece progresses the chord progression gets built out but then repeated it's like you're adding a chord each time right so the progression's getting longer but it wasn't like written it's just kind of intuitive okay I've got this I don't know six chords that I want to end up at I'm going to start with two, then I'll add the third, repeat, add the fourth, repeat. And the way the bass comes in and out and interplays with that. So there's kind of, it's just kind of one idea really, right? Like it's a, it's a chord progression at heart. But how you get into it and how you shape feeling while you're in it and all very intuitive I mean this was not a thinky project at all this project was really about the interaction between me and the sound and the instrument and that's why Scott it's so perfect that you were able you know 10 minutes before we started recording to join us tonight because I feel like that's an area that's something, I don't know if you'd put it in those words, but that's something I've always admired about you in, in our collaborations. I mean, you tend to be the improviser. I tend to be in my head more with the plan. And this, the experience of making this record put me in a very different headspace and one that I imagine is closer to one that you access more regularly with the, you know, playing a sax solo or whatever. And uh, it was really fun to step into that. I felt like I was stepping into that world for the first time, really. Cool, yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, it's... 
and it's a hard you know the more you do it the more you get comfortable with it but some of the best advice i have is i've i've had is just keep your ears open mm-hmm. right because you just you know you want to be oh and i accomplished this or i want to do this kind of cool move and maneuver like trick and like you know but if you're kind of responding to what you're hearing or like you said intuitive you know response then it just it does kind of pop out in a more natural way which i mean you definitely hear in this and and natural not only like in the like vocabulary but also like natural like it kind of feels like a gaze to me, you know, like maybe a sunset or like watching the tide come in and out. Yeah. Just like a long, a long gaze, very comfortable at ease in the present, not in a hurry. Get that, that solid pacing to the whole experience is, uh, yeah. Well, then generally, you know, we, being comfortable with silence is, is, I think, very important and not have to feel like you have to fill up the space and just, and I mean, that's kind of what I'm feeling now. It's just like you're, you have this, you have a tone, it's there, it fades out, there's, you know, it's kind of like a breathing thing. Uh, yeah but I, I like the tide analogy as well Nate and I mean both of you one thing one kind of quirk of the AX60 you have to because of the patch memory and how it saves the patches you have to move a control quite a bit to get it to start responding live, right? So it's not a good, like, tweakable synth where you're, like, moving sliders around slightly as you perform. It really is a preset synth where you design your patch. Mm-hmm. Maybe you pick one parameter that you're going to adjust live. And then you play it and perform it without probably changing a lot of stuff because because it will jump. If I decide all of a sudden, if if the filter cutoff frequency is not the last thing I touched and I'm playing and I decide I want to adjust the filter cutoff frequency, I've got to move that slider like 20% of its whole travel to get the memory to realize like, oh, you're changing filter cutoff. And then it will jump to the current level. Mm. So it's not smooth to be like tweaking as you play it's re- you set it up you save it and then you perform and maybe you have one thing that you're set up with live okay i'm going to tell the memory by by jiggling the slider okay this is going to be my one parameter i'm adjusting as i play and you um, can't you can't you can't uh you can't um there's no option to change the way that it reacts to your adjustments of those parameters. Like, no, there's not like a manual mode or anything. That'd be awesome. There is alternative like third-party firmware that can adjust right. that parameter. And I've thought about loading it on. And maybe now that the record's out, I will. That makes it a little more responsive. Well, instead of but, jumping uh, straight there, 
Nice to meet you, Scott. Yes. Have Take care, buddy. Thanks, guys. Fun stuff. See Thanks ya. for jumping on. Good to talk to you. Yeah, man. Yep. Peace. Peace. Sorry, you were asking. You were asking something. I'm so glad oh, Scott yeah. could come on, though. Oh yeah, that's great. Um, and that kind of it's 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 kind of cool that he did because uh, you know uh, my friend David, I think, would be a, a real good guest uh, just as an educator. Um, oh yeah, they'd be great together. Of yeah. course. Um, of course. Anyway, we'll get back to, that. to to that. Um, you know, like so. Let's see. The prophet has, uh, you know, in their global settings, where you can adjust the behavior of the knobs. Like you can have the knobs be, you know, if you're if 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 what you're uh, changing is, you know, one's a way, you know, to the left, one's way to the right. It'll it'll, it'll you, you can kind of just sort of balance those so it doesn't have such uh, 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 abrupt uh, change. Um. And some, I mean, yeah, I mean, some, some, you know, those settings can be good and bad. So you kind of have to figure out like what you're wanting to do with your patch and what parameters are going to be, you know, important to it. And then figure out if it sounds better, you know, gradually going in, if it's okay to just kind of take it and twist it from where it is to where you want it. Um, But that, that, that synth in particular just has, that one or, or you just it it just that, that that's the way it behaves there's no uh besides that former you said um way to yeah without it. loading some kind of alternative firmware that's just the way it is and yeah. i mean they did it that way so that like to help the memory to help like small accidental movements um not not affect trigger the memory yeah yeah but they kind of maybe went a little overboard with or were just conservative with like how much you could allow yeah allow that to work um but yeah wow that's a lot of synthesizer music uh listeners there's even more on Bandcamp, so you can pick up the full version of continuing worlds all three hours and 40 odd minutes on Bandcamp. You can also get selections from Continuing Worlds, the uh, 60-odd minute um, playlist version we've listened to these past two weeks. Also on Bandcamp, if you'd like that, or now on um, all your major streaming platforms, nightmode.bandcamp.com. We have been the Long Play Listening Party, and it's been a pleasure hanging out with you. Nate, any final thoughts? Uh, I don't think so. I'm looking forward to some of the shows that we we you know have been trying to put together because I think um, some really cool records and there's always going to be more cool records than you have time for. But um, yeah, I think I'm I'm ready for uh, the next one. Awesome, I am too. And listeners, we will see you there. It's been the Long Play Listening Party. Later. We did the thing. We did it.
Thank <laughs> you.